today's scripture reading is from Galatians chapter 5, verses 15 to 26. Galatians chapter 5, verses 15 to 26. Please stand for the reading of God's word. Hear now the word of the Lord. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, bits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find wisdom, and in your will discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. For me, this is exciting because we're getting to the material. Now that we have freedom in Christ, we know what freedom is and we know what freedom is not. Freedom is not saying I will do whatever I want. In fact, it was precisely that attitude and that mentality that got us into trouble in the first place. Freedom is finally being able to live out the true form God intended us to be. So how do we do this? By the Spirit. The Spirit is mentioned seven times in this passage that Amy read, and of the seven times, three of them are by the Spirit phrases. And I think Paul is trying to tell us something here. How do we live in freedom? By the Spirit. And the three by the spirits that we see here is walk by the spirit, be led by the spirit, and live by the spirit. Walk, be led, and live. And first we go to walk by the spirit. In the first verse, when you bite and devour each other, watch out that you do not consume another. You know in the business world, people call it a dog-eat-dog world for a reason. Dog-eat-dog not doggy dog world. Some people thought it was doggy dog world, and that's an ear corn. Uh, that means it was dog eat dog, and people just heard it bad, and now people, it's a doggy dog world. And I was like, that means nothing. <laughs> but it dog eat dog world for a reason. And you may even have heard the quote further extended. It's a dog eat dog world out there and I'm running out of napkins. And you're like, boom, face, and that's my gangster rap line. And that's what you think. It's a competitive world, 
And by competitive, what we mean to say is, I need to crush you to get ahead. When I was trading equity, I was literally taught that for me to get money, I am taking it away from someone else. It became a game to me to see how much money I could take from other people. And because, hey, there's another quote for your gangsta rap. A fool and his money are soon parted, or a sucker is born every minute. And you can see in this image people clawing over each other to get to the top And you get to the top by getting on top of other people, no matter what it takes, right? No matter what it takes. Lie, cheat, and steal, fine. If it's what it takes, I'm going to get there because it's a dog-eat-dog world. But then we get so angry when we see companies fail and people lose their homes and everything that they own, they lose their identities and end up with no means of getting that wealth that they acquired back to them. Shareholders and investors lose $5 billion because their stock plummets 34%, which is what happened with Equifax. But the CEO walks away with a $7.6 million bonus And that's not including the $55 million he has in stocks and other retirement packages. The Wells Fargo CEO, after the whole crazy scam of opening up accounts, over 2 million unauthorized accounts that they would open and steal money and ripped off customers with, that CEO walked away with $130 million dollars. We get so angry when we see that. Why are we angry, though? We hate it. But how is it now? Look inside yourself. If that is your mantra for life, it's a dog-eat-dog world, and I'm running out of napkins. How is that any different? And how do we justify ourselves because we do it at a lesser level? And as we get bigger and better and higher and stronger, maybe, wouldn't the end be exactly like these people that we hate so much? But we are being taught here, walk by the Spirit. And to walk by the Spirit is to have the Spirit empower your legs. So that the evil scenario, the reality that you think is the only reality, isn't the only one that you stay in. Walk. No longer do you live paralyzed by the evil that consumes, by the desires of the flesh that destroy, but walk. When you get empowered to walk, you realize something. You are walking out of what you thought was your only reality and option. The only reality that you had before was you had to get on top of another person. You had to crush the person beneath you. And when you walk by the Spirit, you realize, whoa, whoa. I'm now a part of God's family. I have sonship. I am free. 
And you could do what verse 14 reminds us in that you can love your neighbor as yourself. You know, when you see that you are part of one body, one family, under one head, you know, you don't just fire people that doesn't, when it suits you, when you could line your pockets with a little extra cash. You don't use people as a means to an end. You know, if my sister doesn't produce the quality of work I want, then I don't fire her and I say, I don't say to her, you're not my sister anymore. Okay, who wants to be my sister now? And I put up an ad. I don't say that I go, this is my blood and I take care of my own. This is why people hate working in corporate America because you feel used and abused. You don't just see the use and abuse, you feel it. Because you feel like I will be let go at the slightest inconvenience of those that are above me. You know, people are starting to realize this and companies are now popping up. Millennials are starting these companies and companies are popping up where they don't fire people, they just reassign. And they see that the current model for business success is not sustainable without ruining lives and essentially the entire world. Because if you ruin a family's livelihood, guess what? You ruin a family. And you ruin a family, you ruin the nation. And I've seen people get commended in the public sphere for this new and innovative way to lead. And I was listening to this, I was hearing this, I was reading this, and I was thinking, but there's already a place that does that. There's already a place that this already happens. In Japan, they never fire people. They just reassign people again and again until eventually you end up in a place where you get zero responsibility. You end up in a corner of nowhere with no responsibility, and you just have to walk into work and embarrassed, you eventually leave the company on your own with your head hung in shame. And I've realized something. You can only treat others like yourself if they're blood. And the blood that connects us is the blood of Christ. The only way we will not do things according to the flesh is to walk by the Spirit. And when we are walking by the Spirit, in verse 18 it says, we are led by the Spirit, which is my second point. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Because when you live by the flesh, no matter how high you climb by crushing others beneath you, you will get crushed by the law. But not if you are led by the Spirit. You walk by the Spirit and now you are also led by the Spirit. You're not just walking in circles. You're not walking for the sake of walking. You're walking and you're being led to a specific destination. In verse 19 it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the things and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. How do you know you're not walking in the spirit, but you're of the flesh? Well, it's evident, it says. 
Look at the works. Look at the doings of the flesh. Sexual immorality. Oh, man, there's a lot of it these days. It's popping up, isn't it? It's popping up all over the news. People that you once revered or respected or admired. And now you just hate them. And I was just thinking, what about us? Does that make us look internally? Sexual immorality. Impurity, sensuality. Sensuality in the Greek meant that you love the world so much. All the things in the world have a hold on you. Idolatry and sorcery, which may not mean much to some of us, but sorcery in the Greek is pharmakeia, which is where we get drugs, the word drugs, like pharmacy. And in sorcery, you would be in such an inebriated state all the time that you couldn't stay alert. Enmity, strife, jealousy, and the list goes on and on. And he doesn't even end the list there saying, and that's all of it. He goes, and things like these, all these things, can't you see? These things are where you use and abuse and you get used and abused. And God says, you lose. But when you're led by the Spirit, there is fruit of the Spirit. And mind you, this is singular. There is a reason for this. Some of us look at this and think, oh, fruits. I have this one, this one, and this one, but not that one. That one's a tough one, man. This is wrong. Jonathan Edward writes, there is a concatenation of the graces of Christianity. What that means is that all these things are interconnected and you don't get one part of the fruit of the Spirit growing without all the parts growing. And some of us may really think, but, but Pastor Eugene, I really am stronger in this area and not so much in these areas because, you know, love, joy, kindness, peace, oh yeah, those are good, but patience, mm. That's rough. And this is what Tim Keller calls temporal, temp, sorry, temperamental sweetness. We can have training or a trait through some brain chemistry or we can be conditioned to handle things in a certain way, but that is not the same as having the fruit of the Spirit. You have to listen to why. In 1 John 4.20 it says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. If anyone says, I love God but hates his brother, he is a liar. John doesn't say, if a man loves God and hates his brother, he's got to work on it. He doesn't say that. Or, he's good with one and not the other. Oh well. Or he doesn't go, I guess he's a little unbalanced. You have to balance it a little, guy. No, he says, you're a liar. Because true love to God always is accompanied by love for his neighbor. You cannot have one and not the other. So what is this fruit? Number one, it's love or agape. You reciprocate God's love for you back to him just like when Peter, uh, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And your response now, when you are living or you're 
sorry, you are walking and you are being led by the Spirit is a resounding yes. And then he goes, feed my sheep. Don't you get it? That's connected. Do you love me? And you go, yes. And he goes, feed my sheep. That's connected. To love them then is to serve them, not for your own gain, not so that you could get something out of it, but it's for their good, just like God did for you. Number two, joy. Delight in God for who he is because you are able to see his beauty and majesty. Number three, peace. In the Greek, it's Irene. Some of us are named Irene. And that means peace. And it's a confidence and rest knowing that your deepest peace is peace with God. And patience. It's long-suffering. Even when things or people aggravate or even persecute you. Five, kindness. Serve others in a practical way. You need this? I'm going to give it to you. But it makes you vulnerable, doesn't it? If it's cold out there and you see someone cold and you take off your jacket so that they're warm, that's kindness. But that makes you vulnerable because now you're cold. And goodness, or otherwise interpreted as integrity, you have a genuine desire to do good over evil, right over wrong, and you are not two-faced, but upright and consistent. And faithfulness, you're reliable and true to your word, and there's a loyalty and courage in a faithful person. Number eight, gentleness or humility is to be like Christ and exhibit his humble meekness. And number nine is self-control, to know what's most important and pursue it. To pursue the primary first and the secondary second, that's self-control. And John Stott has a great way of clustering all this so perhaps we can memorize the fruit of the Spirit. The first three is love, joy, peace. Love, joy, peace is Godward. The second, patience, kindness, and goodness. Patience, kindness, and goodness is manward or humanward. I thought humanward was weird, so I'll just use what he wrote. Manward. It's to humankind. And the third triad is faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and that is self-word. So the first three, love, joy, peace, is God-word. Second three is patience, kindness, goodness, is man-word. And thirdly, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control is self-word. And when you belong to Christ, Paul says, the things of the flesh or your flesh have been crucified. It's not easy. That's the picture that you see. It's not easy and it's painstaking. It's a long process, but it has been started. It has been done. But it's not something that is done to us. If you read the Bible, it says it is something done by us. It is a painstaking process to have the flesh crucified, but it is done. And the flesh is dying so that we can finally, and my final point is, live by the Spirit. 
And finally, because of the Spirit, you've been given the ability to walk. And because you are walking, you are led by the Spirit. And now that you are being led by the Spirit, you can finally live by the Spirit. And if we live by the Spirit, the Bible says, let's keep in step with the Spirit. In other words, you keep pace with the Holy Spirit. You keep pace with Him. The picture that is drawn and the Greek words that are used is like there is a line It's a line and you're standing side by side with the Spirit and you're keeping pace with Him. There is an order, there is a rhythm to a pace. Unlike what you see in verse 26 where you see conceit and you're looking at yourself. That means you're not looking at the Spirit. How can you keep in pace with the Spirit when you're just busy looking at yourself, provoking one another? Again, where is your gaze when you don't do the things the Spirit is doing? Envying one another. Need I say more? CGS must be a church that keeps in step with the Spirit, following His pace and not some random one that we think is better. There's an old movie. When I was a youth pastor, I would show all the youth group kids this, this movie. I, when I was a youth pastor, I was <clears throat> a little less wise, I suppose. But I really liked this movie. It may not have been the healthiest one to show, but it was called The Gladiator. And um, there is this great line in that movie. And the, it's the beginning line, which was the highlight of the movie for me anyway. And the quote goes something like this. Three weeks from now, I will be harvesting my crops. Imagine where you will be, and it will be so. Hold the line. Stay with me. And he ends with this. Brothers, what we do in life echoes in eternity. What I want us to get from that is hold the line. Stay with me is what the Spirit is saying. Because in a war and battle, when you hold the line and you stay with the commanding officer, you win. You plow through the enemy. Hold the line. Stay with me. You know, when I was a less fit man, <clears throat> which was, I mean, I'm not that fit now, but I, I, I wouldn't be able to run at all. And I didn't tell him I'd be speaking about him today, so it, it's a surprise, I suppose. But it's my birthday, so whatever. Um, <clears throat> when I was a, a less fit man, there was a, a run that a, a bunch of us brothers decided to do and that was a pastor in training then and we had another pastor and he lives like uh, three something or five whatever miles away from here and um, we decided to run to his house from here pray for him and his household and then run back and um, I don't like running I still don't like running I'm a heavy man my joints are going big 4-0 right big 4-0 just means everything's Falling apart, right? Um, and I, I didn't want to do it, but because all the brothers were doing, I decided to go. And I started to run, and there's somebody beside me encouraging me, keeping in pace with me, telling me to pick up my knees, to keep going. And that, and that, and that person was Joe Jang. If it wasn't for Joe Jang, Keeping in pace with me, I would not have made that run. I 100% believe that. There's nothing in my body that wants to run. 
but the person next to me was keeping in pace, saying, you're doing well. Pick up those knees. Here comes a hill. Are we picking our speed? Continue to keep in pace with me, encouraging me. And if it wasn't for him, I would not have made that run. But I did. In our spiritual run, it's the Holy Spirit that gives us strength in our legs, leads us, and encourages us to keep pace with him. And I want to remind you, church, remember the fruit of the Spirit. Remember to hold the line and stay with him. Let's pray. Lord, we just want to thank you for this incredible encouragement that you give us. That, Lord, in the freedom that you give us, we're not alone, but, Lord God, we are now able to walk by the Spirit. We are being led by the Spirit so that we can live by the Spirit. What an incredible, incredible truth we've been given today. We pray, God, that we would be able to live truly by the Spirit by keeping pace with you and really be able to live out the freedom you have given us. Let's take this time to pray and reflect what the Lord has shown us. How is the Lord leading you now personally to live out the fruit of the Spirit? What is it in your life that God is encouraging you, egging you on to do so that you become more like him, free and empowered to live the way you were meant to live. Let's take this time to pray.